Welcome to As the Season Turns, the podcast following each month of the year. As the hedgerows change, the full moons come and go, and nature takes its course in the garden. I'm Leah Lander, as a nature writer and author of The Almanac, A Seasonal Guide. And this podcast is brought to you by Fern, makers of small-batch organic natural perfume, who blend, barrel-age and bottle four fragrances a year, released at the equinoxes and solstices. We hope that this brief guide to what to look for in the month ahead will awaken you to the rhythms of the year and help you, in the words of the poet Ray Carver, settle deeper into the seasons. There's a lovely lazy feel to August. It's one of the few moments in the year when there's a natural lull to our busy lives, a noticeable lifting of the foot off of the gas. Suddenly... Every other email you send is met instantly by an out-of-office reply, which might as well say, I'm elsewhere, lazing under a tree, reading a book, splashing in a shimmering wave. And so, even if you aren't on holiday yourself, there's a palpable lowering of expectations in August. Can I get away without doing this? Yes, probably. Things can wait. There is sunny weather to enjoy and blooming gardens, and the sea is as warm as it will ever be. Sometimes August can feel like we've entered the doldrums without quite meaning to. But go with it, I say. Busy, industrious September will be along soon enough. But for now, it's August. Don't fight the lull. The Naming of August Lunastal in Scots Gaelic, August in Scots and Ulster Scots, Lunasa in Irish Gaelic, Luanistin in Manx, Aust in Welsh, Est in Cornish, and Out in Gerier. After Julius Caesar started the Julian calendar reform and rewarded himself with a month, July, along came Augustus Caesar to complete the job. And so he gave himself a month too, hence August. Most of the languages of the British Isles have variants on this as their names for August, including the very French out in Gerrier. However, Scots Gaelic, Irish Gaelic and Manx all name the month after the Gaelic festival of Lunasa, one of the four Gaelic agricultural markers of the year, along with Imolk, Beltane and Samhain. Lunasa is the first harvest festival of the year and particularly celebrates the first cuts of wheat and the first fruits. Nature has shifted from growth to ripening. In the Romany year, August was Givescero, month of the corn, which means that it is time for the wheat to be brought in. The Hedgerow in August In the fields alongside the hedgerows, the harvest begins great clouds of wheat dust being churned into the air by the combine harvesters. The hedgerow's harvest has begun too, and the hedgerow is full of berries starting to turn colour. Elderberries, brambles, rowan fruits and haws are beginning their ripening. The birds and the little mammals will soon start to eat them and then spread their seed far and wide, so ensuring the next generation of elders and brambles is sown. There are still flowers around, though not so many as in early summer, and they are visited by bumblebees and honeybees, 
and by red admiral, speckled wood and comma butterflies. During this warm weather, badgers take some time to dig and extend their sets in preparation for the cooler months, when they will spend more of their time underground. Long-tailed field mice are also thinking ahead, building up their larders ready for winter in a series of tunnels under the hedgerow. They mark the entrances to the tunnels with little piles of stones, which are clearly important, as they will repeatedly replace them if they are moved. In heat, the slugs that live in the cool, damp base of the hedgerow will go underground, while a snail will plug up the opening of its shell to retain moisture. Hazel bolites, one of the earliest of the year's hedgerow fungi, may be spotted around the roots of hazels. Flower of the month, sunflower, Latin name, Helianthus annuus, from the Greek helios, meaning sun, and anthos, meaning flower. Annuus is Latin for annual, or lives for one year. Common name, sunflower. Walk through the gates of any allotment site in August and your path will be lined with sunflowers, sunny, bold and bright. The first you notice will be the giants, those that were sown by pudgy-fingered toddlers into yoghurt pots of soil back in spring and now boast massive yolk-yellow discs atop metres of stem. But then you will spot the myriad other shades of sun and sunset and the multi-stemmed types for bunches and vases every one of them looking like August in flower form. Sunflowers are beautiful anywhere, but they particularly suit summer in the city. Their best backdrop not the well-sheared yew hedge, but the red brick wall. Not only do they look like the sun, but they love it too. They will grow and flower at their best when in the sunniest possible spot. But their young leaves and buds also exhibit phototropism, following the sun across the sky from east to west each day before travelling back across to the east each night to await the dawning sun. They are annuals, so if you want these bright and funky pollen-heavy flowers buzzing with grateful insects on your plot every August, you'll have to make like the toddlers and sow them indoors in spring. Listen out for the grasshopper chorus. That sound you can hear as you swish through long late summer grass, the pulsing chick chick chick, is grasshoppers doing things their own way. Most mating rituals occurred in spring, with the unarguable logic that the earlier you get your babies born, the stronger they'll be to survive the following winter. But grasshoppers mate in late summer, laying the fertilised eggs into dry ground to hatch next spring. Stridulation, the act of rubbing a row of pegs on their back legs against their forewings, acts as a mating call and is the sound of late summer. This month, the ponds and lakes of southern England will be visited by quivering and vibrant blue and black dragonflies, hovering and shooting suddenly away or barreling headlong through the air, their glassy wings glinting in the sun. These are migrant hawker dragonflies and they are summer visitors. Insect migrations are very little understood, partly because it's so hard to track the movement of such tiny creatures. We only really know 
that dragonflies migrate because several non-native species suddenly appear in summer, including the red-veined darter, the lesser emperor, the vagrant emperor and the migrant hawker, which have been visiting for many years but are now seen in greater numbers. New dragonfly species have colonised Britain in the last 20 years, including the willow emerald damselfly and the small red-eyed damselfly. The dainty damselfly has returned, having last been seen here in 1953. There was a single confirmed sighting of the migrant hawker in the 20th century. Just four were spotted in southern England in 2006, and then a good number in 2010, particularly in South Essex and North Kent. Numbers are now increasing every year. Unfortunately, this increase in numbers is down to climate change. Dragonflies cannot regulate their body temperature, and so as the climate heats up, they need to move to cooler areas in order to survive. There are major shifts in dragonfly ranges across the whole world. It seems likely that as temperatures rise and mainland Europe becomes too hot for many of them in the summer, we will see more migrant dragonflies flitting across the English Channel. Dragonflies can live for up to four years, but most of this time is spent as nymphs living in water. When they are fully grown and the weather is right, they will climb up a stem and complete their metamorphosis, shedding their skin, pumping up their wings and setting off to look for food and a mate. Once mated, the female will find a calm body of water in which to lay her eggs and the cycle begins again. This month's full moon falls on the 22nd of August. Spend time in the countryside this month and it's very easy to see why the name Grain Moon was once used for August's full moon. This is the moment that fields of wheat are ripening to soft gold, with warm breezes rippling them in the moonlight. Harvest time has begun. Another name, Lynx Moon, has not stood the test of time in the same way, namely because lynxes were driven out of Britain 1,300 years ago. It's a bit of a mystery as to why lynxes might have been so noticeable this month to warrant calling the moon after them. However, they do hunt at night, and August might have been a time when there were more of them around as the cubs born in spring grew large enough to hunt. A more likely explanation might be that the word lynx is derived from the Middle English word luke, meaning light or brightness, given to lynxes because of their pale yellow reflective eyes. Lynx might, therefore, have been a reference to the brightness of the moon itself, rather than because of the presence of this very shy animal. The Perseids Meteor Shower As the Earth passes through the debris left behind by Comet Swift Tuttle, we get one of the most impressive and reliable meteor showers of the year, the Perseids. This year, the peak of the show will be late on the 12th and in the early hours of the 13th. The best time for viewing is from midnight to 4am. But even if you aren't up so late, the Perseids are so bright and plentiful that if you look in the evening, you should catch them anyway. The trails will be more numerous just before dawn, but earlier in the evening they are more elongated as the dust particles graze the atmosphere at an angle. Comet Swift Tuttle was identified when it passed Earth in 1862 and it led to Italian astronomer Giovanni Virginio Schiaparelli 
discovering the link between comets and meteor showers in 1866. It last passed by in 1992 before heading off again on its 133-year orbit. During the course of August, day length decreases by 2 hours and 18 minutes to 16 hours and 24 minutes in Inverness and by 1 hour 47 minutes to 13 hours 35 minutes in Padstow. The spring tides are the most extreme tides of the month with the highest rises and falls and the neap tides are the least extreme with the smallest. You want a low spring tide for things like rock pooling, mudlarking and fossil hunting. Exact timings vary around the coast but expect the spring tides around the following dates the 11th to the 12th and the 24th to the 25th. In August, the Ling Heather is coming into full bloom across Scotland's moorlands and glens, turning them beautiful shades of purple. Among this purple sea, you might find a rare patch of white heather, which is considered a lucky charm and historically sold at fairs and tucked into bride's bouquets. There are various stories as to why it is lucky, but the root of it might be its rarity. It's thought to be a sport, a spontaneous mutation of purple heather. It was adopted by the clan called Clan Ranald, whose members wore it into battle and won a miraculous victory, and by Clan Macpherson, because of the story that a member of the clan fell asleep on a patch after the Battle of Culloden and was missed by an English search party. There seems a good chance that Queen Victoria, with her love of all things Scottish, took the germ of a story and turned it into a full-blown craze, as the earliest confirmed mention of the superstition is found in her hugely popular book, Leaves from the Journal of Our Life in the Highlands, from 1848 to 1861. Nevertheless, it has since been conferring luck on brides and on anyone who manages to track down an elusive sprig. August Garden Meditation There is a slide towards mellowness in the garden now. The weather is warm and easy, but there are hints of gold creeping into the edges of the garden. The long grasses are turning straw-like and the berries have started to swell. Stand or sit outside for a few minutes and look for signs that your garden has moved into the harvest phase of the year. Even if you do not have a vegetable patch, you'll be able to see it. But if you do, pick a tomato while it's still warm from the sun and as you pop it into your mouth, think about how all of its sugars have been laid down by a summer's worth of sunlight. This is another of the easy months in which to be barefoot outdoors. So go for it, feeling the connection to the earth that it brings. The ground should be at its warmest now, still releasing the sunshine it's been soaking up since spring. If it's been wet, think about the worms and other organisms in the soil and how loosely and easily they can move through it. If dry, think about the deep wells of moisture held down below in the subsoil, which at this very moment the trees and shrubs are stretching their delicate roots out to reach. Trees have taken on their deep green late summer foliage now, matte and rough 
Think about what has turned the leaves this way since they emerged. Sunshine, wind, nibbling insects. They have seen some things. Thank you for listening to this month's episode. If you've enjoyed listening, please do like and subscribe. All episodes are released on the first of each month. You can read more about the year ahead in my book, The Almanac, A Seasonal Guide to 2021, available in all good bookshops. This podcast has been brought to you by Fern. Fern is a natural fragrance maker based in Somerset. Working with the rhythms of the seasons, they blend, barrel age and bottle four fragrances a year, released at the equinoxes and solstices. Each fragrance is made to order for the names on the Fern production ledger. To join the ledger and find out more, visit www.fern.co.